4: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for
3: free right
0: now.
4: Are you feeling lucky? No purchase
0: necessary. VoIP prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings. You've landed at the VUC, IP Communications, and VoIP Community. We would like to thank Simwood.com for their support. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is from OnSip.com, and you can go to GetOnSip.com for a URL people can click to call you. We've been privileged over the last five years to be using the best conference bridge on the planet. Yes, I'm talking about ZipDX.com, full color, full featured, full HD conference bridge. Our website VUC.me on the web is hosted by BlueHost.com. And our worldwide local rate dial-ins are from voxbone.com. So, in fact, we're live with VUC 522, the first one of 1915, I was going to say, but actually it's 2015. So you guys, as you get older, you don't write 2014, you write 1915. <laughs> James, you had a good idea, which was to start by talking about the Skype killers. Let's hear the list and get a few, um, a few examples of that. And comments
2: Let, let's kick off with wire shall we
0: yes since we're all guess, on it right uh, now
2: are we going to have mr. Christensen Jonathan Christensen uh, and um, and Alan Durich on to talk about wire at some stage
0: they have an open invitation anytime so yeah. maybe in February because January's pretty much taken
3: you'll find them um,
0: I understand why they're not jumping on it you know they'll they'll when they come, when they're ready they'll come on love to have them
2: Okay. Well, wire. What can we say about wire? Randy, what do
0: you think of wire? I like wire, but wires. All right. I'm just going to say what comes to my mind. Wire is an improved IRC for me. Um, have any of us made phone calls other than, I mean, uh, calls, audio calls, other than for testing purposes? Have you made one? I haven't.
3: I've had several by accident. Okay. <laughs> Neil Stratford. Right. Neil, um, <laughs> Neil Neil claims that the UI is uh, is is such that he accidentally clicks dial when he wants to type click the focus on uh, on Mac or on uh, on uh, Mac. mobile so using using it as an IRC okay. I, I mean as an IRC right. uh, replacement. Um, and uh, Neil keeps ringing me up by accident. So um,
0: we should mention, by the way, that um, Wire is available at wire com. I loved um, um, Tsatsi's uh, um, comment that it, that, prob- that domain probably cost a kidney. <laughs> but anyway, um, wire.com, however, there's no Windows version, as Michael will, uh, will gripe about if, yeah, if I'm probed. On that one too. And Andy. But anyway, and it's true that um, it'd be good if they did a Windows version. So, Mac OS, and of course, Android and iPhone. No, no Linux, right? I'm sure there's. So, no there. so
3: and the other weird thing is there is no Android tablet version.
0: Well, and that's a can of worms by itself, isn't it? Though, because of uh, the number of well, the number of devices you've got no control over, no?
3: I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is, but but it actually just says there are no Android tablets. Basically, it'll install on quite a few Android phones.
0: Oh, it won't install? How? Yeah, that so doesn't it'll make install
3: sense. On phones, but not on tablets.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make sense that it wouldn't. Ins- well, if they were here, they'd tell us there's got to be a reason for that. Uh, but I'm guessing that the reason has to do with developing for different screen sizes.
2: Yeah. Although anybody does anybody have a? It needs um, Android 4.4 or higher as well. So 4.4 well, or five.
3: And I does it? I install tried installing it on a 4.4 tablet, and I tried installing it on a five tablet, and neither worked. So. Does it install on a Nexus 6
0: phone? Should I right? Don't know. Does anybody have? have
3: one? Okay. It
0: installs on it installs, my. It,
4: uh, it installs on Nexus 5 and Nexus 4, no problem, and it installs on iPod touches. Yeah, and no Galaxy iPad.
3: Nexus and iPads, but not on Nexus 7.
4: It, right. yeah. And, and so there's got to be some goofy. It needs a certain kind of echo cancellation, or as as you once offered Tim, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some I don't
3: know. I don't know. Um, but it doesn't. So that's so. So there are two for me. There are two holes in the. Um, in the places where it installs. The thing I like about it is I can leave it, leave it installed and running on my iPod touch or on my Android phone and not feel like the battery's gonna go completely, which I never had with Skype. I never managed to re- run Skype for a day on either of those devices without flattening the battery.
0: That is one of Skype's problems, isn't it? Although maybe they've improved it.
2: That is a plus, but on the minus side, it is, Even though it's got a, a really pretty UI, it is somewhat lacking in functionality, which annoys me.
0: What are you missing, James?
2: Uh, all the little bits and pieces, like uh, the command line bits and pieces. Oh, and the ability to place, obviously, place um, uh, calls out to external networks, to out to the PSDN
0: Good point, yeah. Well, that's something I never do, but yeah, that is a problem. Anyway, that's
2: yes. wire, dot com. What's, okay. What's
3: the PSTN again? What, 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 what do people do with
4: that? But you get spammed. Yeah, yeah calls really. For
3: people trying to sell you insurance.
4: Break it. That's what. people well, and, and 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 certainly. Or hack it. I, I take two exceptions. One is there's no such thing as a Skype killer. Microsoft is, is aggressively putting Skype to death anyway, so we don't need Skype killers. <laughs> Good one. And and and. Uh, and the other hand, uh, yeah, if this, needed, if this had connectivity to the PSTN, it, w- it would be just another way to be connected to the PSTN. Hmm. So let's try and not do that and do something better with it. Um, I- I've ha- had a couple of audio calls with it. As you say, they've just been test audio calls because there is no ecosystem of, of my comrades except yourselves using wire. and um, And we never call each other. Well, it sounds it sounded okay. We we did run Tim and I did try to run some test signals through it, but quite frankly, the test harness we were using wasn't reliable, so we can't really offer anything definitive about that. Um, if there was a Windows app, it would have been easier, or a web app it would have been easier to have done that, but there isn't. End, so, um,
0: yeah, it's a
2: it's a Michael, it's a nice. Can I just say your your uplink is a little bit lumpy at the moment for some reason. And uh, your normally smooth video, every now and then, drops to about one frame every second, and your audio takes Mm. hits. I don't know what's going on there. That might be you, James. Might be your your problem.
0: No, I was actually getting some audio dropouts as well. Interesting. Well, we'll
2: see. Normally, your hi-fi quality. Anyway, let's talk about other things.
0: Yeah, so anyway, Um, that's that's wire. Go ahead. Next.
2: Telegram. Telegram? Everybody use Telegram?
0: No. Tell us about it.
2: Um, what about Slack? I know Slack doesn't do natively do voice, but uh, I really like Slack from, a, from the point of view of a, of a messaging client. Mm-hmm. And look, um, um, looks like Daniel's just joined us on, on, on IRC.
0: He did. So you're talking about Slack. Slack must be slack.com, I'm guessing. Is there? Yeah, or, or is it? it? Is.
2: What I really like about Slack is for people like me who like to get in and fiddle with things. Of, a bit. Um, it's got one of the most configurable backends yeah. that's man. And that you can play in all kinds of other things. So, that's true. Uh, um, we, um, to give you an example of this, um, on the 100,000 number range of numbers that uh, we set up for the Istanbul demo, we wanted to monitor the background noise, the calls coming in, in order to find out where they're coming from, uh, in order to find out which mobile networks in the UK had done their data fill and which ones hadn't. So we put in a little little script that every time, every time a call came into to the, uh, the PBX that terminates those calls, um it would then interface back into slack and send us a little message and say this call came from hutchinson 3g uh, uh on this number or this came from everything everywhere or this one came from O2, um which is quite useful mm. and that took andy all of about 45 seconds to do
1: yeah it was a huge length of time it was tremendously difficult
3: <laughs> I, I mean i d- i do think that that sort of functionality is is actually very valuable i mean we um I mean, we, we had with that, uh, while Skype for Asterisk was working and we had that Skype gateway. I had a whole load of interesting little bots programmed to do stuff. Um, and, and one of them was, um, was obviously inserting the IRC traffic into the Skype traffic in the right places. Um, so effectively bridging those. And I had another one that, um, that sent me a, a, a Skype message whenever it had re- rejected a, a withheld number call. So that I could see these calls in, I could get a sense of how many were happening, but I didn't actually have to do anything with them. So those, I think, those sorts of tools are interesting. Although I wonder whether whether they're really the domain of uh, something like Slack, or whether actually you you end up using something more like Chris Matthews um, uh, OctoBlue for that sort of, or or indeed possibly even the, the Matrix for that kind of generic plug together messaging. I um, I don't know, I, and I think there's a, there's a whole being there that Skype quite deliberately missed, uh,
2: avoided doing, being able
3: to do. Um,
2: yeah, Skype Skype just didn't want to plug into anybody else, did they, really?
0: Well, let's look at what Skype was meant to do, which was to have phone calls that sounded better than the PSTN, which was fairly easy to do, and they did it. They did some other things, like making it work for anybody who doesn't need to know anything, although I would argue that it was only in their very first versions that the interface was simple enough where you could just make a call and not worry about it. Uh, these days, I mean, I myself I find it a little daunting sometimes. But we shouldn't com- I wouldn't compare Slack with Skype at all, James. I don't know. Wouldn't call it a Skype killer. I don't even yeah, think it's in the same.
2: No, yeah. They're, they're, they're different. And well, I mean, well, um...
3: I I think it's worth saying that there are a whole bunch of people, James included, and and the a uh, couple of companies who I've worked with in the past. Who use Skype as an internal messaging system and almost never do voice um, mm-hmm. just using it as a as a uh, i mean there's one company who used to have like their crisis management channel was Skype, so if there was some kind of horrendous problem on the network, then everyone bundled onto everyone who needed to bundled onto the emergency Skype chat, and that's how they coordinated emergency responses to you know network outages or whatever. Uh, and, and so there are a whole bunch of people who use Skype as a as an internal messaging uh, system for their companies. And I think those sorts of people are possibly, for them, Slack is somewhere they could go um, and, and, and get the same sort of functionality. So in that sense, for that group of people who actually Skype didn't care about, it, although internally Skype, of course, used Skype for that sort of messaging. So it's kind of, you know... They all
0: did it. But isn't the supernode structure of Skype uh, different as far as, uh, what am I trying to, I'm looking for the, the service, guarant- not the guarantee of service, but the level oh, of service.
3: Slippery. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I don't think the supernodes exist. They're all housed in, in Redmond. So you're
0: always, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's changed. And so you're still going through, because because obviously Slack and anything else we're going to be talking about, wire is all going through some central point, is it not, or are some of these things actually P2P2P? to pi
1: think the whole, uh, the, the whole use case of using um, Skype as a messaging system internally is, is interesting. I mean, um, from a true phone perspective, within labs, that is the internal messenger of choice because you can just add hundreds of people to it and they don't have to say yeah. anything. You know, but they, everybody gets the messages. But personally, I, I do not like... Using things like Slack, Viber, or any any of the other instant messengers, particularly on a phone, I just find the phone screen to be too small, and and it, my thumbs and I, I'm all thumbs and getting old. My eyesight's going. Everything's wrong. Um, uh,
3: do, do you find the same thing is true for Wire because they put a lot of effort into the fonts and stuff to make it usable in that environment? I haven't got, my, I
1: I haven't got Wire on a phone. I've only got it on the iPad.
0: But it is the same really say. It is the same problem of, and I agree with you, Andy, because I'm not comfortable, but this is not true of people under, I don't know, 40 or 50, but I have never been comfortable tap- typing on a phone. I don't have that reflex. Uh, maybe it's because I don't need to, so I never learned it. Uh, whereas people who are in the younger generation who grew up with phones, I mean, obviously they're really good at it. They use two thumbs or whatever, however they do it. Uh, they can, if you just look on any public transit system and you'll see 50 people typing away at, uh, faster than I can type on a real keyboard, so maybe it's maybe there's that too. But I'm not comfortable either with that. Although I do think Wire did a great job. I can't remember what Slack was like. It's pre- it's pretty good too, though. On the, or or does Slack have an app now? That, yeah, they got an app. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I've got on, that.
2: Uh, I use it on iOS and on Android, and it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, their their app's nice too. It's, it's useful for notifications, to be honest, to have it on a, on the phone. The notifications I find more useful than actually having the app itself on the For,
0: You're talking about Slack. I know that Wire doesn't... Slack,
1: or, in, or indeed Skype, if you've got Skype running, or does- Viber, if you've got it running.
0: Well, wait a minute, does Skype... Because one thing that Slack does is it doesn't have to be running to notify you, whereas Wire and... Oh,
1: correct, it uses APNS
2: uh, on iOS, so
0: well, you've... Well, works on Android too, it, though.
2: On, ...and authorised it. Um, the application could be closed down, and any app any alerts get pushed through cupertino and appear as um, push notifications on your device well that works
0: on Android too because because I got yeah, your I got your notifications James uh, and I, I don't have slack running I haven't run it for months on uh, on my on my Nexus
3: phone yeah I mean like, like, so I so how Android do they do that has the same set, a sim we' well, not the same a a set of of uh, notification um, mechanisms which are in some ways similar and in some ways different from the Apple ones. Um, but the net result is pretty much the same for most apps, I think.
0: Formos says, isn't it counterintuitive to use these tools to respond to outages that typically would have an impact on the ability to use it? He's, <laughs> it's a good point, although apparently uh, some of them do work when others don't. This well, is, we're like, we're routers. We're human routers. We try well,
3: try to get well, James. So, so Skype, that was one of the strong points and that's right. why Skype was used for that purpose was that it tended to be able to get through and round and whatever. I mean, I've, I've had experiences where if one person on a network had, had a uh, the ability to get out through Skype, then what used to happen, and I suspect this doesn't happen anymore, but it used to be that everybody else's Skype clients on the network would go out through them. So you could have, you could have some really weird networking behavior and still have Skype actually, certainly Skype messaging, working reasonably well, um, which was always fun to watch. You know, my network's down, but Skype's working. Why? You know. All
2: of a sudden it went quiet.
0: Yeah, well, I was watching, uh, I was watching different <laughs> the exchanges on no. uh, IRC.
2: Okay. Uh, it's probably worthwhile explaining what Jitsi Video Bridge is, Randy, isn't it? We
0: could, we could. But w- really what we're using, its I think this is a good use case, by the way. We're actually just recording audio because there's not, no offense to anybody, but uh, there's not really anything that interesting video that would warrant going up to youtube live or anything else especially since youtube live isn't live it's a minute behind
1: are you saying that we, we can make lots of signs at you and things well like you so can do that, that. See
0: oh absolutely absolutely i think that's one of the fun parts
1: so my, my product
2: placement of the cisco mm, bottle is, is really not
0: going to do any good not really no
2: i was going to say that uh, the latest iteration of tim's beard you know the go faster cut down lean mean version yeah is Pretty impressive.
3: I agree with you there. It, it hasn't been cut down at all. This is this is this is un un, um, un um, trimmed. Untrimmed.
0: Although it it uh, come twelfth night, it will be gone. <coughs> ah. ah, I know the guilty party. Oh, that's sociable, that's uh, that was speaker. His name oh, is good. Fellow Jister. Uh just since James mentioned Jitsi Video Bridge, there's some confusion between the Jitsi client, the SIP communicator as it were and Jitsi video bridge and the, the Jitsi makes a client that we're talking to zip right now on the zip on the Jitsi sip client and Jitsi also does uh, XMPP somebody correct me if I'm making any mistakes here but that's pretty much it so you've got chat and um, then what we're talking on is the Jitsi video bridge which is an entirely different idea um, but what I was going to say is our use case here, and I use this on other podcasts, is to be able to see each other and make, you know, make signs like of cutting your throat to me to mean stop. <laughs> we don't actually, nobody's done that yet, but our James, you know, doing, uh, anyway, you can't see this, but there's nothing that important that we need to record video. So that's why we're using it. And that way we can, we can see each other. We've known each other in, in real life. We've met each other many times. So that's another advantage. To that, but um, continuing on the list of so-called Skype killers, uh, the next we have um, some folks coming on in two weeks. Drum meeting, I think it's called. Anybody Um, heard of that?
2: Yeah, well, Drum were one of the early exponents of um, WebRTC technology.
0: Is exponent the right word? Actually, I'm thinking.
2: they take taken the
0: web art and, and and put it exactly productized it. Uh huh. So they're they have a uh, I'm embarrassed because I didn't write down I don't have the URL but they'll be on in two weeks next week by the way we have um, Michael Idema which many who many of you have met on uh, the op- Michael Idema who wrote a book about Open BTS we met him at AmooCon, whoever was there
3: yeah.
4: I've spent two weeks in the desert with Michael.
0: There you go. There you go. He's a very nice and, chap.
4: And, and Michael originally, you know, he was the creator of a P. Right. Way as- back when.
0: Exactly. So. Um,
2: you know what? Um, the, the Open BTS stuff. I know Tim is a huge fan, but um, it's still only 2G, isn't it?
3: Mm. No, it's 3G as well. I've not tried the 3G, but there's a 3G code base got released in, back end of last year.
0: Well, we'll learn about more about that next week on the 9th of January. But let's stay for one second with this. Let's get the Skype killer list out of the way. It can't be that big. So there's uh, – Drum is another one of these conference tools, right? There's – there's,
3: um, there's uh, uh, Martin Geddes is very fond of uh, Torco. He's mm-hmm. got the kind of delayed uh, asynchronous voice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I quite like it, but I, to be honest, mm-hmm. nobody ever calls me on it. So. <laughs> Oh,
0: no. Who are the guys, Philippe, Philippe and uh, so on, who work for, um, what's it called, And AndYet? They have a thing Talkie too, right?
4: Talkie.io. yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, That's uh, been around so you, forever. You know St. Peter's working for them now? Peter Santandre? Who no. Who's one of the authors of the XMPP specs.
0: Did not know that.
3: He's working for And Yet, Or he was last time I saw him. I don't know if he still is. I imagine he is. Um, a, lot of
0: bright, a lot of bright people are working there, though.
3: Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: So be, be very afraid of what's going to come out of there. <laughs> it's got some real interesting folks working there. Um, there's okay, also...
2: Another one? Yeah. There's this one that's come um, from Kim.com, the founder of the controversial file hosting website Mega. Right. And he says that he's built uh, an internet video and voice chat service to rival Microsoft's Skype. Uh, and he's dubbed it Mega Chat.
0: <laughs> of course. And it's, so, all, it's uh, completely unbreakable crypto, right? As well, yeah, that's of course, yeah, that's
2: the USP, it's um, um, allegedly, um, fully secure and unbreakable,
0: yeah, which and of can, course, yeah.
3: unless
2: somebody hits it with a with it with a, a legal a hammer, yeah, and it's fully encrypted and browser based, and uh, it supports both video call and chat service, uh, with file transfers. So oh, it's go. a
3: WebRTC um, thing, then presumably. Well, looks like it, doesn't it?
0: And that brings us to Hello from Firefox, or is it Mozilla? I don't know. How's it? Firefox, right?
3: Yeah, that's interesting, uh, slightly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the namespace thing for that's kind of weird. I
0: uh, haven't tried that yet. I mean, well, how many I, things I was... can you make a call on? You know?
3: so, the, so the really nice thing, well, so the, the, the reason they need it is uh, they needed something intrinsic on the Firefox OS phones. Um, so if you've got a Firefox OS phone, then they wanted something that was equivalent right. of of I don't know, um, of hangouts or whatever. So of course. Uh, so that's that. It, it's um, it's interesting because it's actually baked into the browser itself, which I find slightly offensive for reasons I can't justify. <laughs> um, it feels like cheating yeah. somehow.
2: Uh, and whilst we're talking about things that are baked into the OS, uh, that's a good uh, good cue to talk about things like. FaceTime on iOS and Google Talk, I believe, Hangouts on Android and BBM Voice, whatever that's called on on BlackBerry. And it looks like every single device these days has their own inbuilt voice, proprietary voice client, which is Is unfortunate. Is
1: that true for Windows phones as well? Do they put Skype on there by default? Yeah, but yeah, they do. So that's guarantees that a Windows Phone will not last. Battery will not last anything like as long. Well, they
0: may have a big fat battery. I've never seen a Windows Phone, so I don't know.
3: Well, well, Skype, Skype has got one of the reasons for centralising Skype in the way that they have and sucking all of the stuff back down to a more traditional model is to allow them to get better battery life. So I suspect that actually Skype on a Windows Phone may not be that bad for battery life. And I'm told my my friends who run Skype on their iPhones tell me it's not as bad as it used to be. Um, I don't know. I've never got around to retesting it. <laughs> it just scared yeah, me.
2: I think you're right. All of a sudden, the uh, the core signaling becomes synchronous, not asynchronous. So you can spend 90 percent of the time uh, actually asleep and then wake up. Just in time to take your time slot with your messages in. Well, mm-hmm.
3: well, and, and and more to more that uh, there's only one or two places to go. Whereas the traditional Skype client would open uh, like a plethora of twenty your TCP course. connections to all of its friends and yeah. and and be sp- pinging messages hither and yon constantly between all of them, which basically killed the battery life.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And and they were all encrypted as well, so you couldn't even get away with doing it on you know one CPU core. You ended up running three of them just to. The bing, ping, the messages around, uh,
2: but that of course is what is so good.
3: So you, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. Um, you know, it's it's
2: a it's an interesting trade off. Um, and ultimately, we could do with a mixture of all of these, all mixed up, with one kind of central um, intelligence uh, plugging it all together. In fact, sounds like Matrix. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> I knew.
3: I, I think the central intelligence is going to be the thing that will be targeted by. Um, Criminals and spooks. I think that the more you centralise anything, the, the, the bigger the chances, the bigger the target is for, uh, um, and the, the more tempted uh, people are to go and... Um,
2: yeah, that's true. But the, the, the matrix central intelligence, by its very na- nature, is decentralised. So once you're <laughs> set up and running... Well, uh, you can't you have, have both ways, James. Well, no, you have multiple domain servers, but there is, it's not as if there's one overall top-level control, controlling everything, because once you've got your cryptographic key variables seeded, away you go. Mm. Um, Pretty straightforward, really. But anyway, is that a good point to move on to SS7 hacking? Well, I was going to say that, actually, I thought that the SS7
3: hacking was probably the least interesting thing that came out of uh, C3 this year. Um, I mean, that's...
2: some of us find SS seven actually quite interesting. Yeah,
3: no, but 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 in the sense in the sense that it didn't seem to be to me to be news. Um, no, it, well, it wasn't
2: news. I,
0: um, I think it's more news in the sense. I, my re- my initial reaction was I thought that the Washington Post article, which by its very nature wanted to talk to the general public and not USS seven guys who know what that's all about. Um, I thought that, that it exaggerated. I, I don't even know anymore if it's true after having talked to a bunch of people about it. And basically, the the uh, consensus is that if you know what you're doing, yeah, you can do most of those things. So, okay, I correct myself on that. But um, it's interesting, not so much to the folks that are basically on this call who know a lot about this stuff, but more sensational news for people who never imagined, just like the original Snowden... Um, revelations, if you will, where he was saying, you know, uh, if you can't take your battery out of your phone, then it's insecure because they might be listening, which which is in another way over the top, but yet maybe not if they really, they being whoever, uh, really wants to hear you and, and tap you, then they have installed software and possibly even hardware on your phone that works even when you think it's off and so on. Uh, anybody who wants, who can comment on that. But my point is, anyway, I think that the news came to the average person, and not—it wasn't a big deal to uh, to those who who know anything about it. And 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 the the conference just did, added some uh, proof of concept, right?
3: Uh, yeah, there were also some. Um, they were relating it, which I thought was actually mildly interesting. They were relating it to the idea of, of um, fake base stations. So the idea was that you could use a fake base station um, and an SS7 hack in conjunction as a way of subverting the uh, cryptographic security in in um, in 3G. I, I thought that was I did I didn't see the talk unfortunately, um, but I read a, a kind of brief tweet tr- summary, and that seemed to be what they were saying. And it was so I thought that was interesting. It was a kind of crossover between two vulnerabilities we'd known about and not thought of how they might um, they might interact, and, and I thought that was quite interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: Um. Yeah, there were a couple of good demos. Um, in fact, the second, uh, what's the name of the second guy you presented? The first one was Tobias Engel, um, who did some interesting demos, but made a, a pig's ear of revealing all of his telephone numbers. So... Uh, <laughs> So we uh, probed back into his telephone (laughs) and did a few things to some of his. No, of course we didn't do anything at all. We just sent him a couple of messages, of course. Um, And uh, and then the second uh, second stream was from what's his name, the guy who's done the super snooper thing. It's not called super snooper, right? What's it called, Andy? Help me out here. (laughs) Snoo niche. found the
0: Andy found the pistachio stash. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, so Stoop Snitch is an application that you can, it's an Android-based application that works on Android handsets with Qualcomm chipsets. Hmm. And uh, what you can do is you put that on there and it, it monitors uh, what's going on on the GSM signaling side. And it will alert you if somebody's doing something that's slightly dodgy, which is quite quite amusing.
4: Um <laughs> and, how, what,
2: yes,
3: do tell I mean, what's, yeah. s- what's slightly dodgy mean, or were you going to say uh, so?
4: Well, so? There's,
2: there's certain things, like uh, when, your, uh, when your phone tries to attach itself to a network, and network then turns all the crypto off, for example
0: mm. interesting uh, yeah, yeah, the
2: old open BTS trick
0: <laughs> indeed
2: um, or, if all of a sudden your handset starts uh, receiving the odd silent SMS because sometimes uh, one of the ways of, that uh, bad guys locate you is you, they send you uh, some traffic and they, they have actually have to send something. So they send a silent SMS, which doesn't do anything on your phone, but it still receives. And the phone still reacts to it as if an SMS had been sent. And so if you start receiving your silent SMS or two. Oh, another one is where uh, somebody um, gets into the SS7 and changes the, um, the call diversion for you. So uh, any calls coming into your handset will actually go somewhere else. That's a pretty nasty one. Anyway, there are a whole load of things that this thing is looking out for. And uh, the idea is it, it then alerts you. Uh, but what the people who wrote it are really after is the information that uh, everybody out there captures and then reports back because they then write reports and then uh, sell their services to mobile network operators so that they can tell them how to make their SS7 slightly more secure. Hmm. Um, And you know what? Most of this stuff, uh, it's all configurable. So uh, mobile network operators could make it really quite secure. And there were a couple of representatives from German networks there. There There's one from... Um, uh, O2, Telefonica, Germany, Uh, and and apparently uh, this guy who was giving the lecture phoned the guy up the day before Christmas Day and said, by the way, um, I'm going to go off to uh, CCC in Hamburg and demonstrate using your network and show how insecure it was. And the poor, poor guy who ran the network from O2 had a pretty restless uh, Christmas huh. day fixing it all, uh, but he then turned up in Hamburg and said, "Ah, I have fixed it. You cannot do that fifth or two anymore." Ha ah! <laughs> in typical German fashion.
0: And did that actually happen?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's he had fixed the it. Video.
0: He had. No, but he had fixed it.
2: Well, he fixed a number of the bits and pieces. Like, right. No, video. there was
1: no demonstration. He claimed to have done so. <laughs>
2: yes, he did. Yes, he did. That's right. They they didn't actually actively Trying. attack. 2 but they could have. Um, um, when I was uh, just playing with some of the numbers that were used in the demos, I found some interesting things. Um, for example, one of the, the, the key things that you want to do is to discover the IMSI that goes with a telephone number because if you know the IMSI, then you can go on to the next stage of uh, attacking and probing. Um, and it's quite notable that when you look at... Um, some of German MSRs, DNs on certain networks, they uh, return clearly false IMSIs. So, um, so clearly they've got to patch that one. Um,
3: but, but-, but Android will tell you the MC. If you've got an Android app running on the phone, it will tell you the MC. You're not supposed yes, to it- use it. It's deprecated, but it will do it. And, yeah, it can,
0: and then it can transmit it back to the mothership?
2: The whole point of this, Tim, is that armed with you, with um, your telephone number, I can tell you what your MZ is from here. Do we do that as a practical demo? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I could do uh, well, the same uh, for you, I'll, probably. I'll, I'll, well, can you? Can you, Tim?
3: Maybe. Do you know
2: how to do it? Uh,
3: maybe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Um, so what if I tell you what the last four digits? Of your,
3: of your MCR. Would that be good? Um, yeah, I'd have to have to know what what my MC was in order to act shocked. I could just act shocked anyway, if that would help. This uh, is
0: a number that you can get uh, by looking at the uh,
2: about phone, I think.
0: Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, I'm just trying to find your phone number, Tim. Hang on. Well, at least it's uh, easier than finding yours,
1: James.
0: <laughs> or you're uh, having too James, many. James
1: is, James's phone number is easy. It's committed to memory. It's. Uh,
0: Wait, MC not that's not the IMEI,
2: right? Okay, I've got one phone number for you Tim that ends 0093. Is that Yeah, is that that'll good? do. That's a good
3: one. Okay, I'll do 0093. So what would um I'm I'm actually struggling to find out why does it not show up on about phone on my
0: What is the IMEI
3: status? So there we go.
1: That's the identification of
2: your
0: phone. That's the phone. That's a unique ID of your phone, right?
1: Yeah.
2: That's okay. the serial number of the phone. And sorry, the what the thing we're after is actually not the IMEI, but it's the IMSI, the International Mobile Subscriber Identity. And
0: that's on the SIM. So that's correct.
2: On the SIM, isn't it? Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it isn't. the The number that's on the SIM is the UICCID. Oh. Which is the so I, uh,
3: used seri- to, I, I used to know my MC. So where um, would you see that? Fact, I'm sure I've got it somewhere, but I'm um, not sure I've got it. Right
2: in front right. of me. Uh, I just put your number in and I'm pressing the lookup button now. And. Dum, 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 dum. Well,
0: if he can't uh, see it, run uh,
2: uh, it. No. Uh, and um, it tells me, Tim, that yes. that number was originally an orange number, but you ported it to Vodafone. Why did you port it to Vodafone?
3: Um, because <laughs> uh, they have better 3G in my house than
2: orange. Well, that's, that's quite bizarre. There are very few people who have actually ported from Orange to you? or Vodafone. You're one of them. Anyway. Well, the, I, I, think, I think that's actually
3: wrong because I think it started out on... You no, know, it started off on Orange. I, I'm telling you. I, oh, I'm yeah, no, you're right. right but I, but, but that cool, actually, that's, that's not news. You could look that number up in the number ranges and you'd know that it was allocated from Orange.
2: Yeah, but, uh, but I'm telling you it's now on Vodafone.
3: Yes, yeah. I, I could, could do that as well, actually.
2: I if can I can you, remember my password for this thing, <laughs> it's on at the moment, and uh, your MZ ends with the digits one three seven five. Yeah, well, I, can, I don't have a way of checking that actually, but I can also it. tell you which uh, MSC you're on as well, which uh, would tell me geographically where you are in um, <laughs> in UK. And I'm just looking at the, the IRC. Box. You know what? Ta- you know
0: what antenna? Do mine, do mine, you mine, know. Do mine. You know what tower he's on? You mean?
2: Uh, I could do that, but not with the tool that I've got. We uh, we, we built a little tool that. we It can
0: used, be done, though.
2: Uh, for, oh, yeah, absolutely for HLR well, I can local. tell you which. I can
3: tell you that if you want to know.
0: Yeah, I have a utility that says it gives the tower ID. It doesn't say which what the address is. Um, I've got Bob, Bob bouncing. Up Bob and saying, Bob Bowles oh, is really him. wants you to probe him. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait no, a minute! Wait, wait! This is not the mature audience's...
2: Now, I can't do Bob's right at the moment.
0: You can't do Bob? Bob
2: you're, 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 I can't do Bob. Bob's the your that uncle. that is that there are two different types of SS7? Um, in North America, they use ANSI. Uh, of course they uh, do. Based uh, SS7. Well,
0: of course but they do. But in the do. rest
2: of the world, we all use ITU. And of course, it's different. Good old <laughs> Americans. And, and my little interrogation tool, what we knocked up the other day. Only does ITU nc at the moment. Um, the proper true phone um, signaling infrastructure has got a, a, an ITU ANSI signaling gateway, but we have to pay for everything.
0: Oh, well, you don't want to do and that.
2: So, so uh, um, I, 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 I could, if I could remember
3: the, my, my password <laughs> to this account, I could do exactly the same thing. Um, it, it, our friends in Leeds, and um, you, you know who I'm talking about, James, they I actually, are, they, they don't actually don't offer a service. The doctor, exactly. <laughs> the, the doctor, they offer a, a service that allows a web based service that allows you to do this stuff. Um, but I can't find my account for them.
2: So um. Well, they'll give you bits of it. Uh, and uh, in, in many cases, they, they'll only do the UK. They won't do international.
3: Is that right? I tell you what, yeah. um, I'm going to.
2: Uh Oh, uh, have you got a true phone? Uh, I've got
3: an American phone number. You can try. You've got my, you know, my American phone number, don't you?
2: Yeah, but that's no good because uh, you can't do America. I can't because I don't haven't have the yeah, uh, C conversion plugged in at this moment in time. Yeah. So I go away and just Andy, we've got to fix that, haven't we?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, well, there's there's more than one way of doing that. So
2: there are. Yeah. SS7 is a little bit complicated around the edges. Who's that, by the way? Oh, that's Michael. What's Michael doing? Yeah, he's got his.
0: He's showing you the SparkSoft or whatever it's called. Um, it's
2: showing off again. Yeah, look a little little <laughs> for, for for people on zipdX um, oh, I can so do that too. Out on this. Cool, this this
4: is actually uh, I'm you're hearing me through ZipDX. This is actually a live <laughs> Grandstream uh, security camera in my front yard right now. And this is me. And uh, these SparkoCam guys have a beta, and they've uh, they've gone into this. Uh, boy, they've this, they've turned this little thirty dollar tool into a, quite a useful piece.
2: So Andy, there's one for you, SparkoCam.
4: I've downloaded it already.
1: I just like without leaving, I can't switch to it. So uh...
4: mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I had yeah, When you have it installed, you have to. Um, it has what's called virtual webcam capability, and you have to um, have the browser closed in order to, to gain access to that. And the reason it's watermarked is because apparently the license I had for it from a year ago doesn't cover this beta. So they put their watermark in.
0: Well, that's
2: okay. Anyway, so. Yeah. Um, What's next? Well, well, that was a good On one. the agenda. Live demonstration. In fact, Randy, mm-hmm. uh, I, I could look up your number, couldn't I?
0: Which one? The one in uh, France?
2: Yeah, your free one. Yeah,
0: that would be France.
2: Uh, I have the power.
0: If you have that number...
2: Of course I have that number. Good. Hang Take on. a look. Let's have a look. Have a look. Uh, I'll tell you what the last digits are. Uh, Randy. Randy, not Randy. <laughs> I can't type. Uh, so that will be the the number that finishes 617. That one?
0: It begins what? No, that doesn't sound familiar. It, it,
2: it ends 1617. Yes, that's good. Yeah, okay, that's
0: I should, yeah. But if what if I make a call? Can you uh, can you listen to the call? No.
2: So this is where uh, you I, should... I put a. Di- Would you get upset if I put a diver on your phone? Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I won't do that. Uh, that's getting a bit. So
0: difficult. yeah, so see what you can find oh, out.
2: Okay. See what you can find out. Yeah, I'm plugging in. Uh, uh, you've got lots of ones in there, haven't you? Yep. Okay. Oh, we're querying away, and yeah, it's, it's free mobile, obviously, and it hasn't been ported. Interesting. And you're currently sitting uh, in France, not surprisingly, yeah. uh, and you're on an MSC, uh, which has got a, a, a plus 3348321 um, title, I can see All where that is.
0: I certainly have no um, idea what that means.
2: Well, it means that you're somewhere in the Bordeaux region.
0: Yeah, well, that, that much we know.
1: And sounds know like you, you this sounds like that, of, this is, this is so that, that actually came from a, a database. Yeah,
0: this is there. the Mentalist, right? <laughs> the men, wait a minute, the Mentalist, ladies and gentlemen. Um, do you have a brother named Dave? <laughs> I, I seem to see a uh, Dave. Uh, has he passed away? No, uh, Dave. Dave, there's something. Look at Michael's uh, glasses. Oh, I hate. We shouldn't tantalize people who are listening. But Michael's playing with SparkoSoft.
3: So, oh. <laughs> so, uh, so, so Bodhi, send, um, send me by some secure message uh, a phone number you want, to, um, you want me to do this with. Do a look up on, on I'll tell you what I can tell you about it.
2: Okay. <laughs> Here we go.
3: Christmassy. Oh. Where are
2: you sending it? Oh, I'll, I'll t- tell you what. I'll, I'll put it in the, in the chat on this.
0: On what? Oh, my goodness. On Jitsi. That will be C- private between C- us.
4: C- okay. I'm Chris Matthew.
0: <laughs> yeah a little bit close uh,
3: where's Sorry. the chat on this there no
0: that's the it's uh yeah there's there a little go. balloon it.
3: there's nothing in it oh right go.
2: There you go see what you get for that one all
3: right oh that's naughty
2: it is a naughty one.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, this is that yes yeah, all right well we'll see we'll see i mean i have no <laughs> idea what 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 the good doctors uh well we'll see how good it is well, yes, actually.
0: I'll give you mine too, Tim, if you want to. Uh,
3: well, you may be. Um, fine. Uh, I will put the okay. reply in here and you can tell me what you're prepared to discuss. So that's hmm. now in the text.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that tells me how he's doing the query. So he's using a straight SRI SM on the SMS side. His, I have the, to tell you, his stuff works on, on
3: the American one as well. Uh, on my American
2: number, yes. What do Bob's then? Uh, uh, if, so I put, so I put it in here. Yes, put it in there. I, this is costing
3: me 10p a lookup, so I'm not looking up What's everybody. 10p look it up? No, some some unit of measurement. I don't know. There's what.
0: there's Bob's uh, in the chat.
3: That's actually okay.
0: Bob posted his anyway in the IRC. So the one yeah. the nine seven, one nine seven. Right. Uh, so I'll pop that in here. And Bob is with us, so he can oh. see. You do the Bob same is
1: thing. 973DA0B6. That's really quite impressive. <laughs> well, how did you manage that? Uh,
3: it tells me very little about it. Uh, it tells me that it's on Verizon and that's, well, about no, that's it. And that it's in the US. But it That's because no, he's not network. doing
2: the ANSI conversion properly. That's why. Well, okay. Um, there you go.
3: The good doctor is, is not, not mean, not uh, blah. Oh,
2: not, not that
3: good. Yeah. You know, he and I go back a long way, but I can't talk about that on this meeting. Doctor Who? That makes perfect sense. That makes a great deal of sense, actually. I, I
2: used to fly in to see him in my helicopter.
3: Yes, that makes an, an extremely large amount of sense. When he lived in a building with no windows. Yes, that all of that makes perfect sense. It also explains why his client
2: base is who they are. Anyway, never mind. Uh, Okay, magic Magic wants uh, us to do his. Uh, he's well, you can it. do it because
3: you've <laughs> <where are> you <laughs> it for are? free. It cost me real money. Yeah, well, okay. sort let's of real
2: money. Plus three, one. So let's have a go at this one. Let's see what we can oh, okay. right. Window. Too many windows. I wish I could share this with you, but, but I would want to share people's s- secret details. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh uh-huh. Uh-uh. Right look up. Let's find out who magic is because that's a pretty interesting interesting number.
3: He was probably giving you a Norsest number.
2: Ah, uh, that is
3: interesting.
2: Uh, that is a Talena, uh number um, which uh, is operating as a Vodafone Netherlands MVNO and the SMS is not set up correctly so I uh, uh, it t- is telling me I can't send SMS messages to that number. So there we are. It's um, it's a Telina number, uh, which is v- uh, currently configured as a Vodafone MVNO. So their uh, hmm. titles will be appearing on a Vodafone Netherlands IR21. Is that right, Magic?
0: He said yes.
2: Yeah, well, there we go. Michael's so now, now we've, uh,
3: now we've um, scared everybody by how much or little we can poke around with SS7. I think the important thing here is that I, I can do... So James is a telco, right? And you would expect, to some extent, you'd expect a telco to be able to go digging in potentially other telcos' information, although under some you know agreements and whatever. What's amusing is I can do the same thing or something similar um, via a service that I pay a small amount of money for and no doubt if I abused it I could have my knuckles wrapped and and my rights taken away but but it's a perfectly sensible service that I can buy and do Um, so it's not this idea that um, that the SS7 network is closed and there are no no entry points into it for other people Um, other than, you know, the four big telcos. It's just not true. Um, All of the little telcos have access, and some of them uh, give their customers access.
0: You know, I don't don't even think that the average person ever would have suspected that Verizon could look at AT AT&T's data in that way. I mean, that makes no sense to... Even I never really thought about it. Now that you are talking about it, I get it, because I kind of know what what this is about. But for the average person, I mean, nobody really knows how this stuff is connected. Uh, even some of the more clever people who know about computers and need and a little bit of telephony who haven't messed with SS7 don't know this. So, again, representing the average person out there, they have fact, no idea. They have no idea. Most
2: of the, most of the people at work, mobile network operators, have got no idea. Yeah,
0: right that's now. probably true, actually. The average, uh, I, I know a few of your co workers over, over the internet, and I would suspect that if we talked about this with them, they wouldn't have known either. And they're working uh, at quite th- often.
2: Quite often, the, the people who know most are not the people in the big mobile network operators, mm-hmm. but they're the ones in the smaller, slightly more innovative operators around the periphery who do clever things. So, for example, we do some really quite um, interesting things using Camel, which is a another subset of SS7. Um, the mobile, the main mobile part of SS7 is something called MAP, mobile uh, application part. But then there's another bit called Camel, which uh, is principally used for prepay phones and and that sort of stuff when you go international. But if you if you're really quite devious, you can use Camel for some really quite amazing things. Ha <laughs> ha I think think what, what's happened here is that,
3: you know, the, the telephony stuff was originally built by a bunch of um well, a bunch of boys in a lab, basically, mm. and they all trusted each other and they all had each other's phone numbers. And and um, and it's never really out evolved that it's still based on a lot of. I mean, there are some legal contracts between them, but but, you know, uh, they all used to know each other. But unfortunately, that's not true. But the technology hasn't changed. Um, yeah.
2: And the, and the fundamental problem with it is that there is no end to end cryptographic um set up to protect the signaling and so it's effectively it's all done in clear so once you're into the ss7 world you can do just about anything there, there's there's little security uh, other than uh, what's b- being switched on now which is kind of like a like ss7 firewalls and, and routing ro- rules so that if, uh, if a strange query comes from outside your network, you just discard it. So is there an
0: impetus um, to change these things, do you think? I mean, is, do, well, now that everybody's yeah. starting to know about it, where would yeah. that well, come from?
2: Well, or I think all the networks in Germany all of a sudden have broken <laughs> up. Certainly. Um, with, with a bit of a thump. And um, they, they are rewriting their, their firewall rules. Mm. If there is such a thing as an SS7 firewall, but you know what I mean. The equivalent. And, and uh, what yeah. you'll
3: see is that uh, the network equipment vendors will use this as yet another way of, of selling very expensive IMS boxes. Um, they'll say, "Well, S seven is terribly insecure. You need the new stuff, which is IMS." And, and has
4: its okay. diameter which is L- based on seven, and still has the stop same. Stop looking um, behind us at where it is came is. from, though, and start looking forward as we go through an, an IP transition or, or more of the IP transition in the next say, Couple of years. Um, do we have the opportunity to build around all of this in a substantial way or replace it, or, or are we just layering on top of it further? Well, well, that's, well,
3: that's what IMS is supposed to do. So IMS is well, supposed to be the IP transition for this stuff.
2: Well, well no, but well, it's
3: forget, designed in such a way that it doesn't help at all but, in this particular
2: Forget the IMS. IMS is kind of yesterday's news, really, because IMS is all kind of 2G, 3G voice centric. It's the evolved packet core that sits in the four uh, G, five G networks that is the key to it all, and and underlying all of that, it's all Radius is the uh, is the big core protocol in there. Um, but as Andy was saying, um, the three GPP standards were written by the same people who kind of wrote, wrote the uh, SS seven stuff, and so. You mean
1: diameter,
2: by the way, James. Sorry, sorry, diameter. Did I say radius? Yes. Yeah, it's diameter. Sorry. Cool. I'm getting old. My brain is almost as old as Tim's beard.
3: Uh, No, it's considerably older than that. My beard is is only a couple of weeks old. This one.
2: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what is alarming. You look just like my father with that beard.
3: I'm. I tell you, what's more alarming to me is I went for a ten-mile walk today, and I suspect that having sat down now, I'm probably not going to be able to get up again.
4: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> Whatever possessed you to do such a stupid thing?
3: It was a beautiful day, and it was. Um, and, and there's a pub that's about um, it's about six miles away from here, um, along a very nice, uh, very pleasant long-distance footpath. I looked out the window this morning and thought, you know what? Our best way to spend today is to walk to lunch, have lunch and walk back again. Um, and, and that actually is exactly what I did. It was very pleasant. Uh, unfortunately, it did take um, slightly longer than I had in mind because I got a bit lost on the way back. And um, so I'm now not absolutely sure I will be able to stand up when I get up from this chair. But we'll see.
2: It may be, may be fine.
3: Poor like, you
2: know. oh, old Duffer. Which kind of reminds me, on the exercise theme... Um, we had a family present in, in the Bodie household this Christmas, uh, which was an Xbox one with connect. Have you any idea how amazing those things are? Of course, I only wanted it to run uh, Skype and find out how good the, uh, the thing is, but it's got automatic camera following you move around the room and it pans and follows you and it recognizes your face. So when you come and stand in front of it, it logs you on because it recognizes wow. your face. Funny. Um, and we've been using it for our early morning exercise. We've got both the workout thing, which incidentally is how Dan Lane managed to lose about four stone the other day. He got himself an Xbox One in, in one day. No, in about six months.
3: No. Did he? But,
2: did he? Did he? Are you sure he didn't just have it surgically
3: removed when he had that implant added?
2: No. I, <laughs> uh,
4: he was
2: uh, exercising himself. He looked a lot, lot happier, but. So I think that he's got bored with it now and he's gone back to eating lots of donuts again. See, we can get Keith to say
0: hello. Oh, he's on the phone? No, he's talking to somebody.
2: Who's that? Magic.
0: It's magic. <laughs> somebody has to... It's magic! It's
2: magic!
4: Hey, oh, gentlemen. I, I, a change of topic for you. Um, look what arrived at Christmas time. What, a what, pie. What, what is it? Oh, oh so it's a sort of
2: new pie. I've got a bag. Of Which it. you
4: all have been have been have been tinkering with, and and, uh, and and I'm going to have a little tinker with it. But there's a related um, video coming out of CCC, and that is um, one of the videos, not SS7 or anything related. Was uh, somebody basically went to China and was sort of in a bazaar there and, and bought um, a board that is single unit quantities. Bought a board that was the the main board from a feature phone, and and from a, it, it, basically they, they started to use that board as if it was a Raspberry Pi. Mm. Uh, the difference the difference being single unit quantities bought on the street three dollars and about um, well closing on fifty times the compute power of a Raspberry Pi. Mm. And yeah. I thought gee that's interesting because yeah, it had I, like a seven hundred megahertz that. processor and all
2: Yeah, in the January sales here in UK, Carphone Warehouse had. Uh, pay-as-you-go LG L20 or something, it. so they're Android handsets uh, with Android 4.4 4 for £19.99. This is pay-as-you-go, no contract. Mm-hmm. And at that sort of price, I mean, you've got a display, you've got all the radios including BGN Wi-Fi, you've got Bluetooth, you've got GPS, um, you've got everything all in a nice little package and it's Less than 20 pounds. Yeah.
4: I, I, the, the, uh, there, was, there was so much focus on the Pi as being an educational platform, and I thought, gee, there's, there's got to be others as well, and, or, or different sorts of things, or maybe be more or less appropriate the different applications.
0: Michael is talking on ZipDX for some reason, who's coming through me... With very little yeah. delay, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you're seeing me when he's talking. Yeah, so it's very confusing. You have to click on Michael to see. So,
3: so I mean, you're, you're right, Michael. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis on the Pi, and it, it, it's a nice device, although it, I don't think it's the nicest. Uh, I actually prefer the uh, BeagleBone Black for similar money, um, but there are more things you can plug into the Pi immediately, and there's slightly more code floating around for the Pi that, that will Yeah get you started um, so the thing that, that I'd be fascinated to know if they fixed this in the new one but the thing that was real thing that was wrong with the old Pi is that the um, USB was rubbish the USB host code um, mm-hmm. was 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 basically a hack onto some um, into the kernel in a, in a kind of dodgy way and basically you and because the ethernet was on there at the same time it's actually really difficult to get audio USB audio and uh, and network traffic to, to play nice together um, on the Pi. So that was a that was always a, a bit of a downside of the audio on the
4: Pi was always rather unsatisfactory. Um, unless you went for an I squared C audio device. Well here's here's what I am doing. Um, it's funny that you should say audio because that's that's why this made it onto the to the Christmas list. Um I am uh, building something that's an emulation of the old Logitech squeeze box, and somebody's already done a release of the player code that works on, on the Pi, mm. and there's a, a daughter card that plugs in that has a, a decent um, audio interface, so it bypasses the, the USB stuff, generally, and, and gives you audio I.O. Um, so that's kind of interesting, but the, the project is forked in two ways. One is to do that with a di- some DIY hardware, um, the the second, the back end of it, uh, the, the alternative is to say, well, these refurbished Nexus Sevens that are, uh, you know, starting at ninety nine bucks, I've seen them now for Nexus yeah. Sevens new, new actually, and um, and then if you combine that with this, which is the Nexus Dock, and this is one of these things that for fifty bucks, I, I I would not cave and buy it for myself, but somebody gifted it to me, and it's got a USB and an HDMI micro connector on the back hmm. of it, and it makes. It makes the Nexus 7 into, again, with a little bit of existing software, an emulation of the Logitech Squeezebox media player that fits into our existing infrastructure but is no longer available. So the question is, can you do it as elegantly and for similar cost in sort of this kind of form factor or this in a box and then blah, 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 blah add a few things to it?
3: Shades of ham radio. The thing with the with the... The thing you'll find is that the Nexus is constantly popping up reminders that XYZ needs updating or that you've got something on wire or, uh, you know, that the, the, the today's hangout is due. Um, and that's all going to turn up on the Nexus unless you, you're very, very careful about what you install on the Nexus. Um, whereas on the Pi, it will do the one thing you tell it to do and nothing else because you won't, by default, be installing Google Play and all of
4: the well, rest and, of that and, stuff. And purpose, yeah, it's, it's it's the classic. Uh, do you really want to be? Do you want to be running a, a soft phone on a PC, or do you want a telephone that's an appliance? Kind of argument, isn't it? And in this particular case, I think I would be actually sort of creating some faux persona, so that a Nexus in that role would be more of an appliance and not um, with all the other things on it. Uh, but, um... Well,
0: you don't have to install all the other stuff anyway, do you? I mean, there's a lot of... Th- what is actually forced on you in Android? Uh, what does the Nexus can't... come with? Maps and the Google Suite? I mean, you know, what else? Maps isn't going to notify you. But you,
3: can't, you can't do anything with it until you've given it a Google ID. So you'll give it a Google ID, Yeah, but it's not going to, and then it'll nag you that it needs backing up.
0: Well, there is that. Yeah. that this
3: needs updating, or that needs updating. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not.
0: But not much if you have no apps is what I'm saying. If you don't have Wire and Skype and well, well, yeah, EverReady or whatever that's Evergreen. I, mean, I started
3: thinking about this because it's <laughs> exactly the same problem that crops up with uh, with YoPet. So the idea that you give this, you know, a, a cheap Nexus 7 to your parrot. Um, or your dog or whatever. Um, but then the dog is going to be asked whether they want to install this upgrade. You know, and you <laughs> have exactly the same problem space that I'm trying to avoid in, in, in Yo-Pet. I mean, the difference is that presumably the owner can deal with this at the end of the day or, or turn off updates. But it is, you know, these general purpose devices are, like, like you say about the, the soft phone aspect, you know, there are genuine downsides to trying to use them as, uh, as dedicated objects.
4: Yeah, uh, appliances, sing, not necessarily single function, but built, built-to-function built appliances have, you know, really attractive advantages in some cases. Uh, I would hate seeing what my dogs would actually be, be loading on there next summer. <laughs> dogs probably watching
0: Dog especially, Born. Especially
4: uh, off the Google Play Store. That would be terrible. Yeah. Uh, like play media and movies and stuff. <laughs> It'd be like every, every Beethoven movie ever created. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know. Ugh. I'd actually yeah, like to try, like
3: at some point, out of um, you know, not not as part of this, but I would be very interested to to see how your dogs get on with your pet. Um, see whether it's something It'd be that, a good candidate that, that they see whether it's whether they actually see the image on the tablet or not. Uh, as as you would be fascinating to know. Uh,
4: you know what? Um, our our female would be an ideal candidate for that because she has uh, serious separation anxiety issues. Right, so. I I am her benchmark. I'm her person, and and no, try that. Yeah, it it would actually. There's a a lot of motivation there to make it work. It it would it would be if it's going to work with any dog at all. She would be the one.
3: Oh, it would de- definitely. If you've got to Nexus Seven, uh, I'm really happy to to try it out with you and see how that plays out. Um, that's, now, you know. the
4: other the other interesting thing about Lollipop on the Nexus Seven uh, is that. Um, it now supports uh, more things in USB host mode. Uh, For example, USB audio uh, is now supported. So I plugged my Nexus 7 into the Yeti microphone, and my test and measurement tools all of a sudden saw that rather than using the internal microphone, they used the the Yeti, and and the audio came out, the the audio connection on the Yeti, which is actually really kind of interesting because then you you can say, oh, well, what would you like to do with uh, other forms of audio I.O. and that kind of thing. So, to
3: going back a bit, Bob was desperately trying to show you the uh, the 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 Q box TV, which is uh, oh, look at that, which is mm-hmm. I suspect a s- possible solution to your problem in mm-hmm. in in a box, a dedicated appliance. But you won't have anything like as much fun with that as you will with hacking a pie together.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to do both because we need several um, we need several devices. We don't want to. Uh, be rid of our the underlying infrastructure of how the music is stored and streamed and all of that. Cause we have a number of working s- streaming devices throughout the house, but we need to add, I think two more anyway. And so um, therein lie the rub.
0: Yeah. We kind of derived derived. We drifted from the topics. Um, Keith is with us. I don't know if you, didn't want us to mention his first name or not, but I've known Keith for a long time, years, on Google+. Um, you you want to go back to anything that we were talking about? Because there was some argument about a couple of things. If you want to express that, say hello and, and tell us about it. Ah, no audio still. Yeah, <laughs> we used to have an old joke about how Linux didn't do video, by the way, but that uh, that's no longer the case, although it doesn't do audio still. I think he's on probably on some flavor of Linux.
2: Well, you could really start it on ZipTX and do, uh, do a... Yeah,
0: market. you could, well...
3: Sure, sure. I suspect it's one of those wrong devices. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I was, he knows his way around. He's not a beginner. I was having fun with, uh, with that with uh, Michael the other day. I'm trying to use the um, Line In on my Mac, which I've never used before. On that, uh,
0: oh, the web version. client isn't giving a choice of which audio device. You'll see, on the input, you have to... Um, you have to... There's the... I assume yeah, there's a, ca- a little camera icon at the top right of the address bar, and then you have to
3: reload
4: once you've you told can
3: select it. The devices from well, the he says he's not giving and a choice. Then reload.
4: It's <laughs> funny. I know. you said re- reload, I'm seeing a six shooter, but that's another story.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you have to. It's unfortunate that and you do have to goes. reload
5: the page. Hey, is that any better?
0: Yeah, yep. much better. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Hey, Keith, it's great to see you. I'm glad you made it. Hi.
3: Great to hey, hear you. Well.
0: You know, you've met. I think you guys have met. Actually, I think Keith was on a call briefly a long time ago because he's in your yeah. country.
5: At least he was. Yeah, I, 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 I've been on a few of the VO, VUC ones in the past, but mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, working patterns have meant that I can't really attend them anymore. Generally. So,
2: so where are you geographically, Keith?
5: Um, I'm um, around the Reading area in uh, in UK. Okay. Uh,
2: so Thames Valley. That's a very very impressive microphone you have there as well.
5: Yeah. <laughs> It's a Sure
0: uh, SM fifty-seven or something like that. It, no, it's actually um, it an AKG fifteen hundred dollar. It's a Behringer. <laughs> oh, okay. Behringer. Okay. That's funny. Looks like a Sure.
2: That's watch out, Michael. Don't get too too excited there. Yeah. Anyway, so we were talking about the when we're off the off the air. I'm going to
3: going to um, ask you a lot about microphones, but uh, let's deal with that. There's not a
0: Okay, well, actually, we we've, we've been on for like an hour. You know, people don't necessarily want to download three hours of the VUC, and we it's fun for all of us because we're here. Uh, yeah. But is there anything we're missing covering before we, we should probably shut yeah, down I the next fifteen or twenty?
2: Why Keith has got a Talena sim.
0: Yeah, that would be a good topic. Oh, Diana
5: just yeah, chimed yeah. in.
2: Um, oh, I can't
5: I can't actually <laughs> say because there's some commercial confidences going on there. But I um, I do a lot of consulting work for various companies, and I've been doing a lot of work with uh mvnos and various other um and, and I'm doing some testing at the moment for um for a company related to Tolena. so mm-hmm. so I've got a whole bunch of um whole bunch of, uh, well, some,
2: of. some of the uh, oh you've got sims have you
5: oh! i bet you've got, bet you've got millions we, of
2: we we've got have we got sims pick a pick a sim any sim will do anyway yeah.
5: we so I've got a few a few test sims which are to, happen to be Tolena ones so and I've got other ones around as well
2: <laughs> yeah i have lots of them um it's, and it's, it's uh, actually a pain uh, keeping
5: track of them because they're so small you can't easily label them
2: absolutely do i tell you one, one of the things i do when well, i've had these things under test um poundland do little pill things and i've got one of those and they're all labeled up and one sim card goes nicely into each pill thing and you can look down and you can see which ones are missing and then you can go and hunt them and make sure that they go back in there That's so a good old pound
5: really nice idea i like that
2: yeah we've also tried the little plastic things where you have a little book but they tend to drop out of those mm. um i think the these,
5: these are sort of sort of relatively standard size the, the really small things are.
2: And we've got other ideas like these have you seen these Sorry, this is for people what on Zip DX services mm-hmm. So they're, they're little SIM card holders. So that one and then this one. And they just slip in and out like that. Mm. That's good. They're quite uh, cool. Yeah. And, uh, and, and another visual bit, um, Keith, because you're clearly into this sort of thing. What do you think of this? He said, trying to pull it out. It's all got stuck up. Oh. So can you see that? Can you see what that is? If I turn it over, the giveaway is a little purple sim. It's something that we call a, a slim shim. So okay. you have uh, a processor and that, that little black circle, uh, the black square there is the processor. What, what you do is w- with these early ones, we had to punch a hole in the sim, which then mechanically houses the, the processor and then holds on the the, the uh, it's about 0.2 of a millimeter thick. Uh, shim on the back <laughs> so uh, what these things do is they sit in between the phone and the sim card and monitor everything that goes between the two right. and yeah. then modify the the signaling as you might want to do they're quite useful hmm.
3: oh um, wow so if you if you could get hold of somebody's sim and slide one of those in them they there then they're completely hosed well,
2: strangely, you should say that. Um, if, you, if you like uh, exciting um, spy type um, books and things like that, the latest one from uh, Michael Dobbs, who is now rather bizarrely Lord, Lord Dobbs of Wiley. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy who wrote House of Cards, uh, but recently, more recently he's been writing a series of books in which the main character is a chap called Harry... Jones is uh, an SAS guy who's accidentally fallen into politics and he gets into all, di- all kinds of scrapes and problems with terrorists and all kinds of things like that. But in the latest one, he, he falls foul of a European security agency who get hold of his iPhone and they swap his SIM card to do all kinds of nefarious things. Uh, and things go horribly, horribly wrong for him until he goes to see um, his one of his old army friends, who in the books is called Glen Crossing, is a character who is described as being uh, a person with uh, a decreasing hairline and an increasing waistline. Mm. And you can guess who that is, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> Could be any of us, James. Uh, of us. Well, well, the clue is in the acknowledgements in the back. Um, so I helped him with, with the last three, three books with all his techie bits. Um, But you'd enjoy that. It's uh, high on my list of techie reads, along with uh, Alan Johnson's uh, Counting to Zero, if you haven't read that one. Um, In fact, we ought to have Alan Johnson on sometime. You know who Alan Johnson is, don't you,
1: Tim?
3: Yes, yes, we we disagree about things, which is always entertaining. And we were on a a panel together somewhere, and I disagreed violently with him about something. I can't remember what it was at all, but... uh...
2: Okay, for, for those people who don't know Alan Johnson, there are, are four names uh, on the original RFC for Session Initiation Protocol, or SIP. And Alan Johnson is one of the four. On there with um, Henry... Seinrich. Uh, and Seinrich. Who are the other two? Isn't Rosenberg on it? Rosenberg is one of the other two. And who's the other one? It's not Henning Schulzrin, is it? I don't know. Probably. I think it, I think it could be. Um, anyway, so that that's who uh, Alan Johnson is, and he's written a whole load of books. Most of them tend to be about that thick, and they're extremely technical. And he decided he was going to write an adventure novel the other day. It's all about computer security and hacking and things like that. It's called Counting to Zero, and hmm. uh, it's highly recommended.
0: Gosh, let's all give a book recommendation. Andy, <laughs> Pistachio I book. Read.
2: <laughs> he doesn't
0: read. I don't so, have... A,
3: so, if we're really looking for book recommendations, and I'm not sure you're serious. <laughs> no, uh, I'm
0: not, not, but that's not, fine.
3: Not Open BTS 30. No, no, right? The Soul of a New Machine. That
0: is funny. Soul of a New Machine by Tracy Kidder? Yes. I read that 40 Glorious. years ago when it came out.
3: Glorious book. That's like so 30... That,
0: and, that was that like 30 years ago, Tim, wasn't
3: it? That, yeah. and it? And it And ha- it barely dated, actually. That and The Cuckoo's Egg. Um.
2: Oh, The Cuckoo's Egg. is
1: Classic,
3: in it, classic hack affair, those two. Anyway, there you go. It's All right, awesome sounds exchange. good.
0: Well, let's go around the table. Teeth, you, you have, a, you have a book recommendation? I'm
5: trying to um, think. Probably not a, uh, a fiction.
0: Doesn't have to be tech or fiction. It doesn't matter.
5: Any book. Any book. Any book. I would go with Mastering Audio by Bob Katz. That sounds good. I think I need that. It's a very good book. Uh, is
0: Michael still with us? I don't see him. I think he, oh no he Michael said he had he said he had to drop out. Uh, I would like to announce at this point that Diana uh, is on a plane. She text somehow uh sent me a message through Google plus Google uh, Hangouts and uh saying hello and then when I invited her on she says they're about to take off. I'm not sure where she's going, but uh, I've been trying to get her to because she has an inimitable uh opinion about well, she's an inimitable period, but me. what were
2: you saying, James? She pops up and abuses people. And well, she normally f- catches me just when I'm just about to go into a demo or something like that, and I, I'm just staying at the demo, and up she pops in the middle of my demo. She does... high. fact, she, there she is. She's high.
0: Yeah, that's it. A high. She's a high. Anyway, we need to get off of here uh, as far as the, the recording for reasons I already mentioned, because we're just uh, chatting amongst ourselves and basically re- recommending books.
3: I did actually have one thing I wanted to draw people's sure. to. Which is this... Um, SSL Labs. SSL Labs uh, certificate and other thing checker. So if you run a um, HTTPS server, you should hurry on over to SSL Labs and run the SSL test. Um, you'll be shocked at the low grade it gives you. If you haven't updated mm. your SSL server for um, for a, a year or two, you'll find that it will... Give you a good ticking off for having a load of obsolete cipher suites enabled, um, things that are vulnerable to Heartbleed, uh, old certificates that are, that are valued, that have been validated by uh, certificate um, issuers who are no longer trusted. A whole load of, you know, basically I ran this on one of my machines and it gave me C minus. Shouldn't there be a thing, you know how you can ping your server? There's a lot of services that will just
0: ping your server to see if it's up. Uh, shouldn't there be a service that does this for you systematically once a week or once a month? Yeah,
3: and, yeah you have to pay for that. Well, this one's free if you do it once.
0: Well, how much could but, it cost, though, seriously, to do that? Well, I mean, it's I don't
3: charge serious money for it. But anyway, my point being, Good. If, you, if you run in a, 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 a secure HTTPS web server, and you, all your web servers should uh, should be HTTPS, then go over to ssllabs.com slash ssltest, and try your server, and you will be shocked at how bad it is. Um, and, uh, and then ha- spend a happy afternoon getting it back. Um, back up to A or A minus. <laughs>
0: yeah, awful. Anything? Keith, uh, you'd be a good person to probably come up with another one of these uh, utility sites or tests. You got any ideas before we go?
5: Um, not anything original. Uh, one you of know, my favorite um, sort of test sites is a thing called TLS Check. Um, I, I did a piece of work for a, a FTSE 100 company a while back, who, like a lot of large companies, have, have got fairly defective IT, hmm. and um, their, their, their IT was basically full of holes. Sure. Um, and, and they had an IT policy which put the onus all on the uh, on, on the, the the end user. In other words, the employees. So if there was any fault, any any leakage or whatever, then the the employees effectively got uh, persecuted for it. Um, and, and we were doing this piece of work as an external consultancy and they complained about our, us using our own email service until I pointed out to them that, um, everyone else on the project, all the other, um, external companies, including ourselves had, uh, had TLS, uh, enabled, uh, and enforced on our, uh, on our email servers. And, uh, the only people that didn't was them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so TLS check is actually a really useful thing for me, um, Basically, you, you put in a an email address or a domain, and it will actually query the email server to see if um, certificates have been set up for transport and s- uh, security for email. I think that's quite important in this day and age. That is interesting.
0: Hey, that was the bleeding edge of the IP communications and VoIP community. We're at VUC.me on the web. Thanks to Simwood.com, who can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is provided by OnSip.com. The site at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. We use ZipDX.com for our wideband, full-featured conference bridge. And our local rate dial-ins are from VoxBone.com. Every Friday, 12 noon Eastern Time, see you next week.